the Holy Spirit. Can't buy that for a dollar. Next on the Midweek Move. Midweek move. I'm Dallas. I'm so glad you guys hit the play button, whether you're watching us on Facebook or YouTube or any of the amazing podcast catchers out there. Uh, we're just excited to have you as part of what's happening here. Today, I have a special guest with me, and that is one of our elders. He's a uh, man that I look up to on a regular basis, my real life superhero, ladies and gentlemen, Carlos. Well, thanks for having me, Dallas. Always <laughs> a, a great time to be here, man. <laughs> Carlos, we're going to be diving into Acts chapter 8, yep. which uh, we're continuing off of. Uh, last week's uh, conversation that Pastor Scott and I had on Stephen and the speech that Stephen gave and um, Stephen's untimely demise. Yes. Um, which, if you have guys haven't listened to a podcast, you really need to listen to it because there's a lot of great things that came out of it. Uh, Pastor Scott and I landed on a pretty somber note, but very challenging. Yes. About um, finishing well. Yes. Finishing our life well. And um, man, it's just powerful. Uh, the lessons that Stephen gives us. And Absolutely. that's all we had for Stephen, really. Yes, that's all we got for him. <laughs> we knew he was a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost, and we knew that that he met his end proclaiming the truth of Jesus Christ. Faithful to the very end. And so we're going to be picking up now in verse 1 of chapter 8. And uh, it says this, Now Saul was consenting to his death. Now, consenting to his death, this is to Stephen's death. Yes. All right, I want to make sure we're, we understand this is a continuing continuing conversation. Yes. Sometimes we look at our Bible and we see these big numbers, eight and nine, and we right. go, oh, this is a different story. No, this is the same right. one lengthy thing. We've added these things to help us understand, to study. I want to bring out something interesting, though, uh, if we could. Here we have Saul. Later in the scriptures, we call him Paul, Paul. Yes. which is uh, there's a lot of conversations out there. There's a lot of teachings that are out there. Saul is his Hebrew name. Yeah. Paul is simply his Greek name. Yes. And uh, there's a thousand people who have preached the sermon. He's like, God changed his name to Paul. And I might have even preached a couple of those. Right. But that's not what it, it was. Just his name was Paul. Right. But what is interesting here, though, is that we see when he's dealing with, with Jews primarily through here, uh, before he starts his, his Gentile ministry, he goes by his Hebraic name. Yes. Versus when he goes out into the world to do his Gentile ministry, that's when he uses his Greek name. Yes. So uh, just it's kind of an interesting concept to look at there. But here we have Saul. He's consenting to the death uh, to, of Stephen. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. So let's rest here for a second right here. Uh, Carlos, what's happening here? What is the, the context of what we're about to read? What is the, the life scenario of these people well actually from the last time i was here we we're in chapter four mm -hmm. of the book of acts and it's kind of a continuation even more so an escalation right of, of here we have the the believers the apostles they're beginning to preach in the name of jesus and this thing starts to spread like wildfire it's exactly what the pharisees were we're reading in chapter three and chapter four of the book of acts were fearing was going to happen right and so now this thing is, is growing so now um through through the through the Jews there, Saul has this authority to to really begin to persecute the church, really begin to to reign in this 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 these heresies or these blasphemies that they they're beginning to in the eyes of the Jews that they're beginning to teach because now the name of Jesus is being spread and it's being preached throughout throughout the the areas of Judea and now even in Samaria. Right. 
which is interesting of because Samaria isn't really a, it's not a favorable outlook for no, Jews. No, it's at. not, not at all. They were, the Samaritans were, it was a, um, it was a region. Originally it was conquered. Uh, it was the Canaanite area yes. conquered by the Jews. And then it was actually the capital of those who were um, part of the split when they right. created the kingdom of Judea and the kingdom of Israel. Yes. So they were always kind of looked down. They're like, they're those people. Yeah, they're, they're those people. They're seen kind of <laughs> as half-breeds. They had a different form of worship. Right. If you go back to, to John chapter 4, when Jesus was talking to the Samaritan woman at the well, right. you were talking about Jacob's well and all that confusion about how they're supposed to worship. It's all, it all ties into their views of the Samaritans. Exactly. So this is the context. This is where we have people at. We have people are running. They're trying to escape. We have uh, the church scattered, except for, interesting enough, the, uh, the apostles. The yep. apostles stayed in place. Uh, which I find interesting and uh, plays a part in the story narrative later down the road. So verse three, as for Saul, he made havoc, oof, havoc, <laughs> that's a word, for the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. So here we have Saul. Now, a lot of people, again, we, we look at Saul and we're like, oh, he was a terrible individual. But What's interesting to me is that he is doing this under the mindset of, no, I, I'm doing this because I really am trying to serve the Lord. Right. He thinks he's doing the will of God. Right. This is a heretic who is doing wrong, but he doesn't realize it. He legitimately thinks this is a way that I shall worship God. Yes. He thinks he's doing the Lord favors. Exactly. Which, to be honest, is going to be an interesting parallel that we're going to see later take place with another character in the scriptures who... Uh, is kind of the opposite side of this coin. Right. Uh, verses, uh, verse four. Uh, tell you what, Carlos, if you could do me a favor, read verse four through eight for us. All right, verse four. Therefore, I'm reading the New King James Version for those that are wondering. Uh, Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with, with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing, seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Awesome. So let's, let's kind of just unpack what's happened here in just this one passage. Uh it says, therefore, those who were scattered, this is, again, these are people who left Israel. These are people who, uh, they were part of the persecution. Right. They're fleeing the persecution. Now, generally, when you hear people fleeing from persecution, they're running. There's a sense of like, oh, man, you know, I'm being persecuted. I'm being, I'm, I'm under attack for what I believe when I say. And a lot of people, they have this knee-jerk reaction. It's like, man, I'm just not going to say anything. Right. You know, maybe you've felt some some pushback at your job or whatever you're at. And. There, there is a need check, like, well, maybe I'll just be quiet about Jesus. Right. Um, I believe uh, just a few chapters beforehand in a previous podcast, we talked about the fact that the disciples were, were told, hey, stop talking about Jesus. But they did something other than that. They said, we can't help it. Right. And we see that teaching, that mindset played out here in these with these individuals, because as they went out, as they scattered in fear... They went along preaching the word. They're yeah. like, all right, deuces. We're still telling people about Jesus. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> like the, the scattering in the minds of the persecutors should have should have had the opposite effect. But all they did was just, they actually just kind of gave avenue for the word to actually get, get spread even more broad than, than in that one concentrated area. Right. It's interesting to me how when you look through the scriptures, every time the enemy tries to squash what God does, right. he's almost causing it to spread even more. Right. He's emboldening the believers to go, oh, okay. Let's go. Let's let's spread the gospel. Let's let's spread who God is. Yes, yes. So that's powerful to me. 
And so again, they're they're going out, they're spreading they're spreading the gospel. Uh, but we have Philip now. Philip is not one of the twelve disciples, right? This he, is, yeah, this isn't the disciple Philip. So he's um, probably one of the uh, one of the the um, the elders chosen in the previous mm-hmm. thing, right? And so it says he went out to the Samaria to preach Christ to them, which again is interesting because it's those people, right? And um, this is kind of our first um, walking steps into. The gospel is not just for those pure Jews. Right. It's for other people. We're not to the Gentiles yet. Right. We're not going to be there for another cha- couple chapters, but they're almost there. And so we have the multitudes, and, and he's speaking to them, and they're hearing and seeing miracles. Now, the miracles we're seeing are unclean spirits uh, crying with a loud voice, came out with many people. They're seeing people who are paralyzed walking. Why is there such an emphasis on showing that he is doing miracles and he's speaking at the same time? Well, well, the miracles are backing up what what the word is saying, mm-hmm. and also the miracles also they they create a parallel to what Jesus did. Mm. The same things that you saw Jesus doing on the earth, now you're seeing the people that are preaching Jesus do those same things. Right, and so now that's that's a, that's creating the validity of what they're saying. Right. That God is backing up the words that they're saying about Jesus Christ, whom they heard did these things and they're seeing them as well. And they're preaching this message and it seems like it worked. Yeah, <laughs> it does. It does seem like yeah. it works. So it seems like that's a model. I feel like that. Um, so often we, we get it twisted with our minds of how we should spread the gospel. You got those guys who are out there like that. All they do is they stand on the street corner and preach, which there's right. a time for that. It is, but they're denying, Hey, let's have, let's pray for people. We'll see the power. Yeah. And at the same time, you got people who are like, they're all about miracles and wonders, but they never go back to preaching the word. Right, to the word. Yeah, it's not an if, it's not an either or, it's an if and. It's, it's both at the same time. Exactly. Every time you see movements of God that that um, feature the miraculous, there's always a balance for both of them every time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So good. All right, so let's get on to, uh, oh, one last thing I want to make sure, let's point out. And they, there was great joy in the city. Yes, first eight. When people experience Christ, there is great joy in the face. There's persecution still yes. taking place. Yes, but there's joy. <laughs> right, and that's and that goes to illustrate that persecution or your troubles or circumstances may not evaporate because God is moving, but you can have joy in the midst of those circumstances. God can move joyously even when things are difficult. Right, man, so good. So good. All right. So um, now we're going to make a little shift in the story here, which is, again, it's uh, there's an interesting individual who pops up. (laughs) Yeah. Verse nine. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people uh, of, of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they gave. He they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying this man and this is interesting. This man is the great power of God. Wow. Not that he has great power from God, but he is. Yeah. <laughs> and the smallest from the greatest said that. So so from your average family guy all the way up to people who had influence, believe this about this guy, that he is the great power of God. Right. Now, in Samaria, we have a lot of crazy things taking place. Again, these are these are relatives of the Jews or people who they uh, they worship Yahweh. Mm-hmm. But also, there's a lot of intermixing of pagan religions taking place. Right. So we can't be surprised that this is something that's taking place. Right. 
still still a lot of pieces of those Canaanite beliefs that are right there in, in that Samaria. Exactly. Exactly. So we have all this taking place. And this is a man again that are seen him as like he is the great power of God. Verse 11. And they heeded him because he had astonished them with his sorceries for a long time. All right. Why were people heeding uh, Philip earlier? Well, because they heard its worth and then they were seeing the miracles that were coming afterwards. Right. Works, miracles, all these things, they are, they point people to something. Right. And the difference between us as believers in the world is the miracles that take place, we should constantly be pointing people back to Jesus. Right. Simon was concerned about pointing people back to himself. Right. Because they believed that he was the great power of God. <laughs> and I guarantee you the message that Philip was, was preaching was pointing people back to Christ. And we get to see that a little bit later on in this chapter. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, again, they're astonished because he's doing all these things. Verse 12, but when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God, the name of Jesus and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. This sorcerer, this dude has been like, I got the great power of God. I am the great power of God. He now is professing to believe in Jesus. Yes. That is wild. That is. That is. <laughs> that lets you know the difference between what he had and what he witnessed. Right. There's something inside of him. He's going, I'm missing something. And right. he's recognizing, man, maybe this Jesus thing is real. Yeah. All right. Verse, uh, continue on verse 13. And when he uh, was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. So not only was he professing. All right. He was publicly professing. Right. That was the whole thing about baptism. It was a public profession. I'm doing this whole thing. And he continued, like he's walking with Philip. Yep. Which is interesting because in theory, we don't know, we don't know the details. We don't know how deep this goes. But in theory, Philip was doing a bit of discipleship with this guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was, he was following. It gives the indication that he was following Philip as his teacher, mm -hmm. kind of that that mentor-student type thing. That's kind of the connotation that you get. Right. Now, I think it's interesting because I think what Luke is pointing out is is pointing out the interest of area specifically for, for Simon. What he was actually interested in was, was the miracles and the signs right. that Philip had was performing. So uh, now we get into some of the wild stuff. Um. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, more in verse 14, heard with Samaria, that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. So here we got the apostolic uh, right. going, hey, we all right, let's go check this out. Right, yeah. There's, some, there's <laughs> something happening here. Let's send for the apostles. Right, which I think is it's healthy. Yes. We need to have we need to have people going, hey, what's what are you guys doing? I, this isn't a, like, you know, we're going to put our thumb on it and say, right. you know, what it's like, this is a, we're, uh, we're growing. We're learning something new. Let's, let's make sure we got something right, right going on here. Right. So verse uh, 15 through 17. Carlos, can you read those for us? Yeah, 15 through 17. 15. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the, the Holy Spirit. For as yet, as yet, he had not fallen upon them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them and received the Holy Spirit. Okay, let's let's sit here for just a second because this is something we've we brought out multiple times, and it's an interesting conversation that people struggle with today. Mm -hmm. Now we already know people were being baptized, right? It says back there, both men and women were baptized. baptized. Yep. Simon himself was 
baptized. Right. What's happening in this passage, Carlos? All right. What's happening in this passage, they've already believed. Mm-hmm. It's, it's said that many people have already believed. It even said that Simon's believed, and it says also those people were baptized. Now, there's a separate act of grace when it comes to re- receiving the empowerment from the Holy Spirit, just like they did back in, in chapter 2, book of Acts, just like they did in chapter 4. Mm-hmm. Now, here we are in chapter 8, and we're continuing on with this, is that people are people believe. They believe the preaching of the, of the gospel. They believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And they are baptized in water, like you said, that public profession of faith. And they and those professions were followed up with the apostles laying hands on them and them receiving the Holy Spirit, the right. baptism of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So again, we have two separate instances of this taking place, which is one of those things. I know it's 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 controversial for some people. They may, maybe they were taught in a, in a mindset that it's it's not, but we see Holy Spirit and water baptism. Two separate things. Yes. This doesn't say you don't have Holy Spirit when you get saved. Right. We talked about that before, saving grace, uh, saving faith. Holy Spirit's there. The Holy Spirit draws us to repentance. He's yes. there A to Z. Yes, he is. This is something separate, and we see it through the laying on of hands. Right. So lots of things taking place here. It's in there. Yeah, very physical. Now, we don't know what the sign was. It doesn't say what the symbol was for this taking place. Right. We just say that we, we they received it. Verse 18, and when Simon saw that through the laying on hands of the apostles, um, hands the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm sorry, the Holy Spirit was given and he offered them money. He sees the Holy Spirit's given. He sees that they're receiving God. Right, from the apostles. Receiving power right. from the apostles by laying on hands. And he's like, I want to buy this. Right. Like this is such a worldly mindset. Yes. And you can tell that he's coming from the background of like, yeah, this is how things work out. Well, the miraculous was his commerce. That's right. how he earned his living. That's how he gained his influence. That's how he got his reputation of who he was, was through the working and the showing of miracles. And the further his cause, he's like, well, this is a tool that I need to have in my back pocket as well. Right. Exactly. Verse 19 saying, give me this power also that anyone on whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. So again, it's he's like, I want this. This is my thing. I want to be able to do what you're doing. Verse 20. But Peter said to him, your money perish with you, but your thoughts, I'm sorry, because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. So he's saying, look, man, your money is worthless. Right. How could you ever think that you could buy the Holy Spirit? Right. This is not so you we we can't just go out there and like, hey, give us $20. So you can have the Holy Spirit. Right. Here, here's your Holy Spirit, kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that have abused the Holy Spirit. Yes. Some of the circles that we've run into, we've right. seen those abuses. Still sure. happens today. Cannot buy the Holy Spirit. Cannot buy the Holy Spirit. And no, I can't sell the Holy Spirit. Right. No matter what they tell you, mm-hmm. that you cannot purchase the Holy Spirit. <laughs> there's not. The, the Bible says that, that salvation and all these acts of grace are a gift of God. Right. They're not for sale. Right. So... Peter, though, he's looking at Simon, who has been following Philip this entire time. Yep. And he's practicing what we call discernment. Mm-hmm. Again, I think this is the difference. People were astonished by Simon beforehand because they had no discernment about what he was doing. Right. Peter, having discernment, is looking through him. He says, this is verse 21. You have neither part nor portion in this matter, for your heart is not right in the sight of God. Repent, therefore, of this uh, uh, of this, your wickedness, and pray God if perhaps the thoughts of your heart may be forgiven you. What is Peter saying to him here? 
Well, what he's saying is that he's looking into he's looking into his heart and he's seeing that there's something misaligned. Right. There's something right. I you're you're falling around behind Philip and and you seem to be genuinely invested and amazed by what's happening, but there's a portion of your heart that hasn't moved in the direction of God. And when it comes to 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 the way that you look at the world, which I have a friend of mine um years ago, um, good guy. Um, saved, born again, love the Lord. We used to call him Hustle Man. He hustle man. <laughs> before he got before he got saved, he had this he had this always this sales mentality. He always had a like a side gig or something that he was doing. It's something that he figure out how to how to make something happen. We called him Hustle Man, and he kind of brought that into it to his into his Christianity. Oh with wow! Him, you know, and and so there's just some things that had to be tempered in his personality. Right. Some things he had to learn that there are certain. There's a certain type of mentality or certain view when you look at the things of God that's separate from the way you are in the world. Right. And God, had, you have to get your heart right when it comes to this. Yeah. And Peter looks at him and said, "Look, look, man, your your heart ain't right concerning this, and you you need to you need to repent. Yeah. You need to turn away. Right. You know, and and turn your heart, you know, toward God in right. this area of your life. Absolutely. He's giving him an opportunity. He's saying, look, you're being dumb." But there's hope. Yes. There, here's an opportunity. Repent. Turn away from this thing, this error that you're walking in. Yes. I believe Peter is looking at him going, okay, you're trying to work this out. Let me give you an opportunity to really walk this out. And it takes humility. Yes. It takes humbling ourselves. However, let's look at the response of uh, Simon the Sorcerer. Verse 23. For our, I'm sorry. There's much more to this. Verse 23, for I see that you are poisoned by bitterness and, uh, and bound by inequity. So he's calling out what he's dealing with. Verse 24, Simon answered and said to him, pray to the Lord for me that none of the things which you have spoken may come upon me. He's not taking ownership of this. He's stuff. not. He's saying pray to the Lord for me. Yeah. On my behalf. Yeah. How many times do you have people go, hey, pray for me because they're, they're being dumb and they want they don't want the consequences to come upon them. Right. It's not, I can't save somebody. Right. And, and that shows that that failure in his mentality is that he think God and the power of God works exclusively through other people. Mm-hmm. The same way that his sorcery worked through him. And he looked at them laying hands on people and then receiving the Holy Spirit. Is that, hey, that's happening because Peter's doing this. And that's happening because Philip. And even when it comes to him not receiving the judgment of God for his own iniquity, he's asking Peter to pray to God for him on his behalf. He's still associating the power of God with with men. Right. And not necessarily with God. Right. This is a dangerous thing that we run into where we start to associate men as being in the same place of God. Yes. And and we have to humble ourselves to know who God really right. is. Right. It's an, it's an idolatrous mentality, really. Really? Yeah. So now interesting thing about Simon is um, we don't see him after this point. No, we don't. Uh, verse 25. So uh, when they testified and preached the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel that many uh, in many villages of Samaritan of the Samaritans. He's gone. Simon's out of the picture. He's not there anymore. We don't know what happened. We don't know from the scriptures. We know some contextual stuff, some early church history. Simon mm-hmm. goes on to be a guy that is known as Simon Magus, who was kind of the early start of Gnosticism. Yep. He takes the teachings of Jesus and he creates one of the first heresies of the early church that we still see some of today that plays out. That whole mentality of, of it's all about spiritual, it's all about me, my feel-good stuff, that's all 
rooted in him and his mentality that we see right. here because he refused to repent in this moment. Yep. He started a series of heresies that we still deal with to today. Yep. And and those heresies were addressed in some of the epistles of Paul as well. Exactly. Exactly. So while we don't see him, we see the effect of of this taking place down the road. All right. So verse 26, the story continues. Philip moves on. <laughs> Philip doesn't stop. All right. Um can you do me a favor and read verse 26 through uh, 28? All right, 26. Now the angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road, which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, this desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of, of Ethiopia, a eunuch, a great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship, was returning and sitting on, sitting on his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Okay, so just from the context of scriptures and some of your, your, your great study you have, what do we know about this Ethiopian and what's happening here? Well, well, he's an Ethiopian and he is, he's a eunuch, which means that he's in service to the queen and queen's court. Right. Um, um, and and he, he has high, he has authority, he has influence, and he, he's obviously with the queen because they come here to Jerusalem to worship. Right. Absolutely. So um, now the the term eunuch carries a lot of connotations to it. It does some interesting stuff. Uh, there are actually some questions to whether or not it's eunuch, as in the he's been uh, demasculated, or a physical eunuch, or if he's just simply a spiritual, a spiritual eunuch, eunuch, the one right. who's just in service into a higher power. Right now, a lot of people they lean towards the idea that he was not a physical one because um, they're, they're running on the assumption that he's probably a um, a proselyte right. or a near proselyte. Right. So in, in Judaism, you weren't allowed to actually be a full-fledged Jew if you had been right, um, right. emasculated. Yeah. So he's a guy that he's, used, he's he's been on the outside of the walls. He's been right. studying. He's been leaning into the scriptures. He is genuinely seeking God. Right. And they're in Jerusalem to worship. Right. And he's on his way out, and he's reading through Isaiah the prophet. All right, verse 29. The Spirit said to Philip... I think it's so cool. Holy Spirit's talking to Philip. Philip's just going where the Holy Spirit tells right, him to go. Yeah. Go near and overtake this chariot. First off, how fast is my man running these overtaking a chariot? I hope that dude was just like trotting. <laughs> I, like, I, I hope he wasn't in full gallop and Philip just, Philip just pulls in and, and, and Elijah and just smokes the chariot. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's just going. <laughs> All right, verse 30. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading. What gets me here is that the, the unit was reading out loud. And yeah. Because he, <laughs> he said, because now I listened to this um, a little later. I read through it and I listened to it on, on audio. Mm -hmm. You know, just it just helps me to hear it. And he said, and he heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. I like, so this guy's actually reading this out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I love the fact that he's asking him, though. Like he's, he's being intentional. He goes, hey, do you know what you're reading? All right. Like, like, how often have you gone to people who you see are reading the scriptures or maybe like, you know, do you understand what you're doing? Right. Like, do you understand what you're walking through? I feel like if more people asked me that when I was younger and I was just getting into the word. Right. That I would not have had a hard time with certain verses. Right. And I like, and I like how and we'll see the response from the eunuch a little later. Um, I like how he doesn't. He doesn't assume offense. Yeah. I don't know what Philip looked like. Yeah. I know this guy's an Ethiopian. Right. And so I, I'm... 
it's pretty cool that he didn't get offended because here's this Jew asking this Ethiopian Jew, right. you know, do you know what you're reading? And he didn't get offended, you know, by it at all. Because, right. hey, I served, the, I served the Queen Candace. Yeah. Who, who do you think you are asking me if I understand what I'm reading? I like that he didn't do that. Right. Not only that, though, like as an Ethiopian, as a proselyte, he's gotten used to sitting in the courts and, and listening to them preach and teach and stuff like that. So we know this Ethiopian, he's got a humble heart. Yes. From the get-go, we know that he's just like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. You know, Nobody's around and he's studying the scripture. Right. He's legitimately concerned about that. Verse 31. And he said, how can I understand someone? I'm, I'm sorry. How can I understand unless someone guides me? Wow. I love that statement. I mean, how many times would you like to get that answer? <laughs> I love that statement because he simply goes, I don't know. Yeah. Like, can you help me? Like, I wish I had been humble enough in my youth to go, I don't understand. Can you help right. me so many times? Right. Yes. I think that there are so many people who are struggling with the gospel. Those of you who are listening and, and maybe you don't understand what's going on. Reach out to us, please. Yeah. MediaHub at THBStreetReport.com because we want to help you to understand there are so many times that people have fallen into false doctrines and they've struggled with stuff because they did not understand. Simon the sorcerer failed because he did not understand. He wasn't right. willing to ask for help. Maybe there was a spot that he should ask Philip for some help or for some understanding. He didn't do that like this guy did. Exactly. Uh, Saul, later down the road, we've discovered that he had failed because he did not understand truly. and He had to right. have it explained to him. If we would simply ask questions. Yes. We could be so much better. So he goes, how can I, uh, how can I, unless someone guides me? And he said, and so he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. Uh, the place of, in the scriptures, which he read was this. He was led to the sheep. I'm sorry. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare this his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. That's a big yeah, that's passage a, right there. That's a big chunk of passage. And 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 we kind of know the be the end from the end from the beginning. Right. You have to understand that a lot of these prophecies were still kind of shrouding the mystery to the to the people of the day. So he's I can almost see him reading this over and over again, trying to distract some sort of understanding out of it. Right. So here's an Ethiopian, he's leaving Jerusalem. We are in just maybe a couple of weeks post, maybe even a month post Pentecost. Right. Post um everything else. He probably heard about what happened to Stephen. Right. And those guys couldn't just hop on a plane to go back to where they were. So <laughs> Exactly. And so he's reading this passage, uh, verse uh, 34. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or of uh, someone other? Good question to ask. Right. Like, what's the context? Who are we looking at? What's happening here? Who is he talking about in this passage? So verse 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and began to, Beginning at the scripture, preach Jesus to him. Right. He didn't take him somewhere else. Right. He didn't try to sidestep. He goes, hey, okay, cool. We'll start here. Right. And let's, let me show you. Let me reveal to you who Jesus really is. Right. Because this passage that we're dealing with, I believe it's Isaiah. Um, oh, my goodness gracious. I've, I had it written down on my Bible or <laughs> on my other Bible. I believe it's um, yeah, Isaiah 53. 53. Which is the passage of the suffering servant. Mm -hmm. Big, big passage that points to Jesus. And he goes, let me reveal Jesus to you in this passage. 
Verse 36. Now, as they went down the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here's some water. What hinders me from being baptized? This dude is excited. He's like, like the connotation here is in the midst of this conversation, being preached Jesus, being revealed to everything, he goes, so Jesus the Messiah with, 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 I've been being taught about? All right. So apparently Philip brought them all the way up to the point that they've been baptized and people that believed about this stuff. Exactly. You know, so somewhere in there that, well, that was part of the conversation because <laughs> his eyes were open looking around for some water right. at this point. <laughs> Verse 37, then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, yes. you may. This is a, and, and there's a lot of stuff here. Part of his asking here is because as a proselyte, he's used to being told no. no. Right. He's waiting for the opportunity to step in to what's there for him. He's waiting for the opportunity to become part of this group of, of, of Jews, of being part of this promise. He's right. heard about it. He's lived around it. Um, we know that there was a, a large Jewish population in the Ethiopian area itself yes. even. So he's heard about this. He wants to do this. Right. So he's looking to a religious leader going, is this possible? Right. And what Philip does here is that he shows that the gateway to this is your faith. Yeah. He's like, hey, you you believe with all your heart you can. It's not it's not ritualistic. It's you know that Jesus Christ came to set the captive free. And he does this by faith. Exactly. And I love the fact it's all your heart. Yes. Sometimes people, we, we take that passage and we say it and we're kind of flipping about it. But we flip back at Simon. What was Simon's issue? All right, his heart wasn't right, and Peter said it. Right. He wasn't willing to truly submit completely to who Jesus was and to the aspect of Jesus, whereas this Ethiopian, Philip's going, if you really believe with all your heart, man, yes, let's yes, do this. Let's absolutely. take this step forward, which I think is Philip himself learning from his previous mistakes. Yes. I, I got to wonder if Philip has sitting there going, man, I remember Simon said he believed. Right. Right. So let me let me walk through this. Let right. me let me take my next step and be a better teacher. Right. Let's look into the corner of the heart here. Yeah. Which I love that because it tells me that even leaders grow. Yes. We have to learn from our past mistakes. Absolutely. Own that ourselves and go. All right. Let me be a better teacher. I mean, I wish I could be a better teacher to some of the people I was a a, a youth pastor and a kids pastor to. Right. I look at the mistakes I made in the past. I'm like, man. That was dumb to say, right. or that wasn't the best way to handle that situation. Right. I wish I could do better. And I took those situations and I was like, I will be better for the next one. Right. Absolutely. Walk, do my best to walk in grace. Right. It's just like I, I talk to my wife all the time about our kids today. Every moment is a teaching moment. Mm -hmm. As parents, we have to, we have to take no responsibility for our moments being teaching moments and always try to try to point our kids to the right thing. And it's no different in the kingdom of God. Our life is a teaching moment. You no, know, as we encounter people, especially we have influence, we have ministry that allows us to teach the word of God. Yeah. You no, know, our lives and what we do is always a teaching moment. We have to take ownership of those things and continually try to have an ear to God and grow in grace and the ability to influence people in the right direction. Word. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but up, 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 verse 30, 30, half of 37, half of 37, thank Second you. Half, 37B, <laughs> 37B. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. There it is. Brother, I love that line. Yes. That is my favorite line. Yes. When I hear people say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. Yeah. I get excited. 
Yeah, they're not saying that you believe not that Jesus Christ is a moral teacher, that he was a good person, that he existed, but Jesus Christ, Christ being the Messiah, the Son of God, that he was sent from God and that he is divine. And that means that whatever he said is true right. and that you believe what he said. Right. Whew. I'm getting excited. Like I'm, yes. I'm shaking because I'm seeing the, I, I see in my mind, man, just this, this, this Ethiopian, this man who's been, he's been hungry. He's been seeking God. He's been seeking something. And it's finally here. It's there, man. He's like revelation. Yes. He is. He's, he's counted among the brothers. He yes. is, he is, this is our brother yes. in the faith right here. Yes. This is one of the first guys outside of Jerusalem to get saved. Now he's still getting, because he's a prostitute. He's, this is still, is not necessarily a, Jew, a, a Gentile salvation, yes. mm-hmm. but this is our brother in the faith right here on the side of the road. They're probably looking at a Creek right. and they're like, let's do this. Yeah. There's some water. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 38. And he commanded the chariot to stand still and both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and he baptized him on the fly. How many of us bring our baptism clothes with us wherever we go? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Just let's go. Let's do this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 39, and when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught Philip away. What? Whoa. <laughs> Remember those miracle things we were talking about? <laughs> so that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. Not freaking out because the guy just disappeared in front of him. Right. But went on rejoicing because <laughs> he knew he had encountered God. Right. Now, this is one of those things we don't know what happened. Right. The scripture doesn't tell us. It's, I mean, I don't know if it was beam me up, Zordon, let's go, travel teleport right. somewhere else. Right. But he was gone just right. in an instant. And verse, where he was and where he was found at verse 40, he said Philip was found at um, how do we say that? Zodas? I think so. Azotus and passing through, he preached all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Azotus was about thirty kilometers away. Yeah. Now for those of us who are not familiar with kilometers and and the that system what does that mean mileage about about 18 and a half miles yeah <laughs> 18 and a half miles in the ancient world right that's that's a lot of walking <laughs> and he left it he left the chariot behind to do so <laughs> instantaneously he's there and here's this ethiopian he's like i'm just gonna rejoice yeah i found jesus yeah he found what he was looking for right <laughs> and god used what he needed to use at the moment to bring that to him mm. That's so good. He used what he needed at that moment. Yeah. So I feel like sometimes I know for me, I like, all right, we like, I try to orchestrate stuff in my head when I do stuff. And I think a lot of people, a lot of leaders, they, they have the, they have the fallacy of going, I'm going to picture in my mind how I want this to end up. Right. And when it doesn't happen the way they want it to happen, they're kind of disappointed, but they don't see how God's really working in a different way. Right. If it's, if it's my way, is it really God? Right. You know, God, God has, he knows in his infinite wisdom, exactly what needs to happen how it needs to happen and what works best for the people that is happening to. He's going to do what he can to, to orchestrate and facilitate that, to bring, bring people to decision, to bring people to a choice that Christ can be presented and God can be glorified. And that's what we've done in this instance right here. Absolutely. So good. All right, Carlos, you got any takeaways, anything like just, you just like, man, this is my big takeaway from this passage. You want to give people, man, at the big, at, at the end of this com, on the other side of this comment, at the end of this, at the end of this passage, he said he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Is that all the stuff that Philip went through, all the stuff that we read, is that even in the, in the midst of the persecution, everybody continued to do what God had called them to do. Everybody continued to be available, mm. but things weren't easy. You know, people continue to be available. 
you know, when when Simon got sideways, you know, they continued to preach. Right. You know, you found this this hungry Ethiopian unit that needed something from God. Mm. You know, Philip made himself available. And what did he do? Did he stay there? Did, did he hang out and, and you know, and admire his work? Nope. He moved on to the next thing that the that Lord had, so had to right him. There, man. And they just they kept they kept on pressing in. They kept doing it. Right. Make yourself available. Keep doing it. Right. Keep moving forward. In the good times and the bad times, be just alert to what God has for you and keep moving forward. Yes. So good. Well, guys, that is chapter eight of the book of Acts. Uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it. We want feedback from you guys. How have you been encouraged by this? How have you been challenged? Do you have questions about what's taking place in this passage? Let us know. Yeah. Again, you can uh, check out the Facebook page, the Midweek Move. You can email us, mediahub at thpstreetport.com. Um, but guys, we want to engage with you. We don't want this to be a one-way, one-sided conversation. We want this to be life-giving and growing. So if you have questions, thoughts, some comments, yep. love to hear from you guys. Uh, do us also one more big favor. Share this out. Share Please. this with some people. Where do you listen to this mostly? Where, where's your I YouTube? listen to it um, most. Actually, I listen to it on YouTube a yeah. lot. Yeah. I'll I'll pop it in. It's just easier for me to find there. Right. And even if I'm in the car, I'll pop I'll pop it on. Put put phone face down. Right. And it acts like a podcast for me. Nice. Very. Or I'll cool. play it in the background. I'm at work in another tab in Chrome or something like that. Love it. Love it. I'm normally listen to it on Spotify. Yes, I listen to these. Even I have though listened to it on I, Spotify. Yeah. So I listen to it on Spotify. Even though I I, I I'm in some of these, and I edit these, so I, I hear this at least three four times. Yep. <laughs> I listen to it. Uh, but guys. Find it, share it, let people know about it. Um, these are not just a thing we're throwing out. These are intentional because we want to help you make your next move. So until next time, have a great week.